I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, Episode 66. Today, we talk about medication mistakes you don't want to make. This life-changing episode will save your life. This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode. Before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. My guest today is Dr. Amy Shaw, a double board certified physician in internal medicine and allergy immunology. Dr. Shaw received her medical training from Top from three of the top schools in the country, Cornell, Harvard, and Columbia Universities. And Dr. Shaw is also a wellness and nutrition expert who utilizes her specialized skill set in Eastern and Western medicines to focus on hormones, allergies, and gut health to help the body heal from the inside out. Dr. Shaw operates a medical practice in Arizona where she sees more than 5,000 patients each year. She helps busy professionals implement diet and lifestyle plans that work around their schedules and acts as a coach to help them and help keep them accountable for the healthy choices they are making. And Dr. Shaw has also been featured on multiple media outlets, including the Huffington Post and, of course, the Dr. Oz Show. And today we talk about medication mistakes you don't want to make. So let's welcome everyone, Dr. Amy Shaw. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. This is a very important topic, and it's amazing that seems like a lot of the medications that we need to really focus on today are not just the prescribed form, but actually the -the over-the-counter medicines. So do you feel that the -the over-the-counter medicines are useful or dangerous for patients to take on their own? Well, they can be very useful in the short term, and we all know that it's kind of our first line of defense when we feel sick. But they can also be quite dangerous if they are overused or misused. So which ones do you think are the most overused at this point? So um, I wanted to talk about about three different categories of medications that are often overused. One is pain medications, kind of your usual anti-inflammatory pain um, meds. Uh, Second is uh, sleep aids, uh, which are also often misused or overused. And the third is over-the-counter diuretics. Uh, those are often um, three different categories of medications that can be dangerous if they're overused or misused. Well, let's first talk about the pain medications and what we definitely call anti-inflammatories. Um, who needs it? How is it misused? And what would you consider proper dosing on the, on the, on the pain meds? Great question. So this is probably the most common over-the-counter medications. This is your ibuprofens and your acetaminophen and your um, topical analgesics like Icy Hot or combination topical analgesics. And these are used for common aches and pains. You hurt yourself playing tennis, you fell down, um, you know, hiking, you have um, some kind of uh, tendon uh, arthritis or um, these are often uh, used both inside and outside the office. The problem is, is that when they are over-the-counter, people often take too much. For example, you might be taking oral ibuprofen, but you don't realize that a combination of Icy Hot, there's a combination therapy available that also has you know, pain-relieving um, ibuprofen-type compounds 
in it. So when you're taking oral ibuprofen and you're taking a topical, you're getting more than the dose that um, is upper limit of normal. So you really have to be careful about mixing and matching all these over over the counter. People think if one is good, 10 is better. You know, if I'm taking one thing, I should be taking four things. Um, but more is not always better, especially when you're dealing with active ingredients. In fact, Tylenol, you can... Uh, it's not that hard to overdose on it. And there have been deaths associated with Tylenol overdose. Um, and you really don't want to get into a situation where you're mixing and matching medicines, especially if it's going on for more than a week at a time, you need to check with your doctor. You know, you bring up a lot of good points. One that comes to mind is that, uh, so many people either overuse acetaminophen or ibuprofen. They may take too much or they take it too long. They don't address their liver health, because I'm a, a big supporter of people, if they're using those types of things, to use things like milk thistle, to use um, mm-hmm. uh, N-acetylcysteine to build up the glutathione levels back into the liver, which I know acetaminophen has been linked to liver failure, which has been linked to actually yeah. pushing or causing a severe deficiency of glutathi- glutathione in the liver. But you bring up a, a, a point that I have never thought about, and that is using the the topicals. If it's not just a cream, but more of like the Icy Hot where you put the patch on. I never thought about yeah. it being medicated. You know, so you put that on, you pop a couple of pills, and I never thought about it of, you know, being overdosing that way. So that is really something to think about and to be aware of. Yeah, and and the other thing is, you know, things like Theraflu or over-the-counter um, flu preparations often also have pain-relieving um, properties. So they'll have an acetaminophen or an ibuprofen in it, um, but you might not know that because you think it's, oh, cough and cold, you know, pain-relieving, um, and you're not always reading the active ingredients in all these medications. Um, so it's not that hard to over-medicate. Well, let me ask you this because... Um... I know a lot of people will self-medicate, and uh, I want to get into who is at who is most at risk for overdosing on the OTC pain meds. But I've heard doctors, I've heard nurse practitioners tell a patient, you know, go to the drugstore, get this ibuprofen or this acetaminophen, but take this dose because it'll be closer to the prescribed dose. And in a way, is that kind of a malpractice? Well, I think that the good thing about over-the-counters is that it makes it so much more accessible. For example, nowadays, it's very hard to get into doctors. Sometimes the wait is very long. And in the meantime, you can get released. Now, it is really difficult for doctors, pharmacists, and especially the patient to figure out all of their supplements, all of their over-the-counters, all of their prescriptions, and how they might interact with each other. This is a huge problem in our Western medicine system. And so I don't think it's just the over-the-counters, but it's also the vitamins, the the things that, the therapies that you're getting outside of the doctor's office, all of those things can interact with each other. And so I tell people the best bet is if you've been taking an over-the-counter medication, uh, make sure that you mention it to your physician. Make sure that you're not just taking it um, in doses, high doses for long periods of time. In fact, if it's going on for more than a week, I think it's time to seek medical care and 
see what is the root of this pain or what is, why am I needing all these over-the-counter medications? It's not something that you should be taking on a regular basis. I completely agree. And I am a very big proponent for a national drug database for all patients. So all pharmacists and doctors and nurse practitioners and other specialists can access it to prevent uh, interactions and overdosing of patients. And I know a lot of people think, well, that would be, uh, you know, dipping into my privacy. Yeah, but it's going to save your life. So, you know, I'll yeah. take the, the saving of a life over privacy because the way I look at it is if you've been prescribed a medication, every every specialist needs to know that if you go see them because they don't know that you saw three doctors before they saw you know, that particular person, they have no clue what that person is taking, even though they may forget to write down the 15 drugs on the, on the form before they see the doctor. Um, but let me ask you this, who is at the most risk for overdosing on over the counters, especially the pain meds? So with the pain medications, you definitely, if you already have, um, reflux, acid reflux or ulcer issues, because these things, um, even at, kind of lower doses can really irritate the GI tract. So you want to make sure that um, if, and of course, the young and the elderly are most at risk for ever, always uh, over medicating. So you have to really be careful. If you're taking, um, if you have liver or kidney issues, you should definitely check with your physician before using over-the-counter anti-inflammatories because as you mentioned, Cytomenophen can be a huge stress on the liver, and likewise, ibuprofen can be a stress on the kidney. Oh, that's good to know. I, I knew I knew both of them can be stressful on the liver, but ibuprofen actually stresses the kidneys. Exactly. Ah, that is good to know. Well, let me ask you this one. I so I, let's say I go into the drugstore and I pick up an over-the-counter and I'm looking at the label on the back, and I see it says. Uh, Active ingredients and inactive ingredients. What's the difference between those two? That's a great question. Um, this is a big area of interest for me because we've really cleaned up our food supply and people are becoming more cognizant of what's healthy and what's unhealthy. However, on the medication world, especially the over-the-counter world, we don't realize that only 10% of the medication is the active ingredient and 90% are toxic fillers, colors, flavors, sugars, things that we should not be taking in. For example, tons is only 10% calcium carbonate. The rest of it is fillers, binders, and um, colors, sugars, things um, that we never realized was part of the medication. I'm so, so happy that, you know, these days, there is some companies that are coming to the forefront and saying, okay, we need to clean up the over-the-counter um, medication space. And so there is a um, Tums equivalent called uh, Heartburn Fix. It's by Genexa. It's a company that's in the forefront of making organic, filler-free, toxic-free products. They have an Icy Hot equivalent as well that doesn't have some of these tight, uh, 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 things like formaldehyde-releasing chemicals and um you know, fragrances and toxic chemicals. So it's really, really exciting. I'm on the uh, medical board for them. So they have the icy hot equivalent is called Pain Crush, and the um, Heartburn Fix is the equivalent of Tums. 
And um, other stores like Whole Foods are also coming to the forefront and saying, you know what, all the -the over-the-counters we're going to sell are not going to have these toxic ingredients. Oh, good, good. You know, because one of the, one of the, you know, sometimes I stand on my soapbox and I have to tell people Tums is not a calcium supplement. So stop, stop chewing them. And, and I think with acid reflux meds, even over the counters, you know, the label, the label states, if the, if the problem doesn't clear up after two weeks, stop taking it. And I know that the prescribed acid reflux medications say the exact same thing. And I hear people are taking acid reflux meds for two years, five years, and then they wonder why they end up with poor bone health and other nutritional deficiencies by lowering the pH in their stomach. They think they're doing great, but they're actually leading to other problems with long-term use. So do you have any uh, natural type of suggestions on acid reflux? I completely agree with you. Acid reflux is not something that should be chronically medicated. It's like saying, I'm going to put a Band-Aid on a wound, but never figure out why I keep getting cut, you know, in that same (laughs) area. It's really, you know, especially acid reflux, it's really amenable to diet and lifestyle changes. And there's a lot you can do outside of the OTC realm um, that you can kind of go to the root of the problem. I hate to see when people are using over-the-counter reflux medication for long periods of time without ever thinking about what they're eating, how they're eating, um, their alcohol intake, et cetera. Uh, Good good advice. Now, let me ask you this one. This one's a really strange question. Um, Can a roll-on menthol pain reliever be toxic? Um, Yes, it can be. Um, As I mentioned before, something... Um, things like the over-the-counter icy hots or that biofreeze, they have a chemical called DMDM hydantoin. That is a formaldehyde-releasing chemical. Now, you know, the, our FDA allows small amounts of these chemicals in the products, but if you think about it, why would you ever want a formaldehyde-releasing, which is known is linked to cancer, why would you want that in your personal care products? Why do we need to have that in there, in fact? And we all know that America, uh, American companies often take shortcuts because it's cheaper to, say, um, compound medications with, you know, uh, these things that may be questionable, but they're cheap. And, you know, in Europe, for example, they might have similar products, but they're much stricter with the chemicals that they can put in there. Yes, so what yes, I they tell are. people is, yeah, what I tell people is be cognizant of the inactive ingredients. When you look at the back of a menthol roll-on, it's not just menthol um, that you think it is. It has, you know, six other ingredients, including colors and flavors and this, uh, I mean, sorry, colors and fragrances. And then this, uh, uh, these kind of chemicals like this DMDM hydantoin, uh, which actually is toxic. And when you apply it to your skin, it gets immediately absorbed. Yeah. You know, the thing um, I've always been against is the use of formaldehyde chemicals and products. My dad was a funeral director, so I knew a lot about formaldehyde. And to me, when I wow. hear that people are taking over the counters that have formaldehyde type chemicals in them, I'm, I'm thinking, why are we embalming our bodies while we're still alive? And uh, <laughs> that's it's a very, really great point. Very odd. But I want to move on to the next class here because this is something that truly needs to be addressed on a national level. 
and people are overusing over-the-counter sleep aids, and more importantly, they're overusing pain-relieving sleep aids as a sleep aid. Yes. So if you think about how often people are using a NyQuil or a Z-Quil or a, uh, you know, over-the-counter sleep aid, it's, it's staggering, the numbers. It, and people often use it for the long term. We are finding out new studies that show that this um, active ingredient, diphenhydramine, is not good to be taken in the long term. And especially in the elderly, it can cause real memory problems, Alzheimer's, et cetera. And so the data is just really mounting now. Um, And so I tell people, you know, if you're having a sleep issue, just like the reflux thing we're talking about, there is often a root cause. There's even uh, medical diagnoses like sleep apnea, which if it goes untreated, can shorten your life. So having a sleep issue, you know, when you travel around the world for a week is one thing to use over the counters. That's the only time I would say that you might want to try that. But then using it for the long term is extremely dangerous. Yeah. And I've, I've had people tell me that uh, they take NyQuil just to fall asleep. And I'm thinking, you got to cut that out. If you're not in pain, don't use it. And at the same time, stop increasing your risk for dementia. Because like you said, yeah. the studies are clear cut. We know that it can lead to a dementia problem. And they're even talking to people who are younger. And I'm talking to people in their 30s and 40s and 50s that if, they, if they're taking these on a regular basis, they are actually increasing their risk for dementia. And, and you know, I've, I've been the type that, you know, I've dealt with insomnia issues for years because I would always travel at night. I'd mess up my sleep cycle. So, you know, I use things like tryptophan and melatonin and, and kava and, and borage oil, and, and they, they work great for me now. So I don't really have a sleep problem. I, sometimes it's hard to shut my mind off because I'm type A, but there are natural remedies out there. I'm, my daughter, she loves taking uh, chamomile tea, and uh, so yeah. things like that are great. Uh, but the, the sleep I, problem... I completely echo... Yeah, I completely echo what you're saying. I think that's exactly what you're saying. Get to the root of the issue, use natural um, things to help you sleep, and really be careful when you're using these um, long, uh, you know, these over-the-counter sleep aids. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, they're going to do the same thing with a sleep aid. So, I mean, with with a sleep aid as they were doing with pain. If a little does great, a whole lot will do better. But with sleep aids, you got to be careful because. Uh, there can, they can be some very strong interactions if somebody is taking an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medication, correct? Exactly. And not only that, if you have allergies, um, you might be taking an anti which is the same active, a very similar active ingredient to diphenhydramine, which is often called Benadryl. And so if you're taking, say, um, Benadryl or Zyrtec or uh, some of the other allergy medications, and then you're taking a sleep aid and you're not telling anyone, you again could be over-medicating. Yeah, and I've and I've seen some of the uh, the labeling where it says if you are taking an antidepressant and you're taking this over-the-counter yes. sleep aid, you could actually cause your depression to be worse. Yes, exactly. There's lots and lots of interactions. And you really do have to read the label and make sure you check with your doctor. Um, if you're using these for more than a week, you need to seek help for sure. Well, let's talk about a, a, the third class. And this is something that I'm not really familiar with as the over-the-counter. I am familiar with diuretics 
as a prescribed medication. I also know what the herbal equivalents are. But for over-the-counter, who actually needs the diuretics? And I understand that they are greatly misused by those trying to lose weight. Yes, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. I think there's a very little use for them um, in terms of the medical necessity, as you mentioned. It's more that they're uh, misused and overused for quick weight loss. I guess apparently it's, you know, in all the blogs and weight loss um, things online, there's there's often uh, the recommendation to use these things um, to reduce water weight, but what they don't realize is when you lose that water, you lose these electrolytes, and you're putting a lot of strain on your kidneys and your body uh, when you're doing this. And if you live in a place like Houston or you live in a place like Arizona, and you're using these water pills, you're putting yourself at great risk. Yeah, and it's amazing too because a lot of people don't realize, and I and I and I can almost bet that you talk to your patients about hydration. We don't as a as a society. We don't drink enough water. And so a lot of people will drink coffee. They'll drink juices. They may drink a soda. But then they go and they take the diuretics. Their bodies are already dry internally. And then they go ahead and make it worse. Um, And at the same time, like you said, probably the biggest misuse are those that are using them to, you know, think they're going to drop a couple of pounds. Um, And again, it comes down to a a lifestyle change, a food, a diet change to where we need to be eating more clean foods, such as fruits and vegetables, which contain natural potassium, contain all the electrolytes, and they can help to get rid of excess water if you're eating and you may eat a meal. You know, restaurants are notorious for having very high sodium contents, which is why we all wake up the next morning and our hands and our feet are swollen. Now, that's exactly right. I think we have to stop using and abusing um, these kind of quick fix things for our health and really concentrate on, you know, some natural things that might um, shed the water. Maybe you're eating more asparagus and you're having more, um, you know, uh, uh, natural things that kind of help you uh, lose some of that extra water if you have been traveling, if you had eaten high sodium uh, meal the night before, but not relying on these kind uh, you know, potentially dangerous um, over-the-counter medications. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Shaw. Um, how, where do children, teenagers, and millennials fit in when it comes to overusing pain relievers, diuretics, and sleep aids? Are we seeing an increase in the use in that, in that age group? Well, if you think about it, even 50 years ago, People were not going and using tons of over-the-counter medications. This just wasn't a thing. This is in the last 50 years, it's grown exponentially so that 81% of people actually use over-the-counter medications. And, uh, you know, uh, children, uh, parents of children are reaching for over-the-counters as their first line in treating children. So I think that's why the inactive ingredient issue also comes into play. So active ingredients we talked about can be quite, you know, it's dangerous if you over-medicate or misuse them. But then the inactive ingredients become very important at that point because if you think about how much exposure these children are going to have to these toxic chemicals, fragrances, colors, flavors, you think about their lifetime toxic load and it's super, super scary. Um, You know, I have children and um, that's why, you know, I mentioned Whole Foods, for example, will, uh, you know, screen the brands that can come in. So a brand like Genexa can come in, but a brand that has a lot of those kind of chemical fillers 
might not be able to come in. And I, I commend, you know, health food stores and um, people in the know, such as physicians, et cetera, to help guide people to not over-medicate, to not misuse these meds, and to not get so much of this toxic secondary ingredient. Yeah, I agree. And I think another thing, too, with the inactive ingredients, a lot of people will have interactions or side effects uh, from the inactive, and they think they're tracing it back to the active ingredient, but it's actually the inactive that they're having a problem with. And um, so let me ask you this. At what point should we go see a doctor if the -the over-the-counter medication is not helping? You know, um, one week is probably a good uh, rule of thumb. If you have a tennis injury, say, if you have a running injury, your knee is hurting, you know, it's okay to reach for an over-the-counter for a couple of days. But if it does not resolve, you don't want to keep taking these medications without having someone to check if that's okay with you, uh, for you and to check if there's an underlying cause that can be fixed. Yeah, I agree. And I also, I think that really uh, greatly applies to our senior population that if they are living by themselves, someone does need to check in on them, make sure that they are taking their medications correctly. I know some of the elderly can forget that they took a dose and then go ahead and take another one. Yeah. And I know that can be a problem. That's very scary and that's commonly a problem as well. Well, let me ask you this. Now, where can all of us get more information about the tips that you shared with us today? If you want to go to my website, you can go to amymdwellness.com. I'm also very active on Instagram at Dr. Amy Shaw, S-H-A-H, so A-M-Y-S-H-A-H. If you want to know more about clean over-the-counter medications, you can go to Genexa's website, which is G-E-N-E-X-A.com. And um, I think most people know about health food stores like Whole Foods, et cetera. Ah, fantastic. Dr. Shaw, you are a wealth of information. I know that today you've brought information to all of us that will definitely not only improve our life, but save our life in the process. And I greatly appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so, so welcome. And I want to have you back as well, because I know that you have more Uh, wellness uh, information and tips to share with us. So I definitely want to have you back for another program. And ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life-Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes. I want to thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And now you can download our show, Life-Changing Wellness, on Spotify. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. And you can learn more about me at DrWardBond.com. And I want to thank you for listening to the show today. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.